Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Walk-Off. Very excited to once again have returning to the show pitcher in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, Chad Cheese Dallas. Welcome back to the show, my man. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Hey, by the way, since the last time we chatted, I know a pretty big milestone in your life took place. You got married. Congratulations, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. Where was the wedding? It was in uh, Beaumont, Texas, about 30 minutes out of uh, my hometown. The whole family there? Big wedding or how how'd it go down? Yeah, it was it was a decent size. Um, me and my wife are from the same area. Uh, high schools were in the same district, so uh, had a lot of people in town, and then had a couple Blue Jays guys, a couple of my college teammates come in. It was really fun. Very cool. I'm actually excited to talk some college ball with you here. We'll get to that a little later on, though. Um, also, Buck Martinez, are, are you settled into? Florida, I know Buck Martinez gave you the the buck bump here on Blair and Barker the other day, mentioning you by name and being like, this is a kid. You watch out for him. So nice. <laughs> I, I'm in Florida. The, um, you know, campus started and I've uh, got a couple of conversations with Buck and uh, it's been really fun. Yeah, he's a cool dude. And it's really, uh, it's really funny how much weight the things he says holds to blue Jays fandom because he's been around forever. Right. So uh, I know I was seeing your name everywhere on Twitter yesterday after he mentioned you. And I'm like, yes, cheese getting the attention he deserves that a boy. <laughs> so like you said, spring training, uh, ramp it up. Now you've already yeah. been there for a couple weeks. I'm curious before, obviously games get going on Saturday here. What is that first couple weeks of, of camp? What is it all about? Like, can you give us the the day-to-day just getting your feet wet, what it's like to just get accustomed and acclimated to the environment again? Yeah, it's a it's a there's a there's always a good buzz going around uh the locker rooms and um because you know you, you know about mid to late off season everybody starts to get the 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 itch to get back in season, be around the guys again and um it's good, man. You know, meeting a lot of new people, uh, either new faces or guys you just haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. And um, so, yeah, you know, uh, you're doing the same stuff as usual. You know, your catch play, your lifting, your recovery or all the training room stuff, whatever. Um, but it's, uh, you know, you get to do it with the guys that you were with last year and some new guys. So it's 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 really cool to um, have everybody everybody back in the same locker rooms and stuff and usually especially around the beginning of spring training it's like a really really good buzz like you're super excited to get back into it uh maybe your your friends or your, you know teammates whatever uh brought in a new pitch so you get to watch that you get to yeah. watch guys throw and hit that you've never seen do it before and it's uh it's really cool really cool they've got all that footage of blue jays pitchers throwing and everyone behind them um, are you a guy that likes that attention? Do you like when everyone's watching what you're doing? Um, I try to block it out. I mean, it's really, it's, it's kind of hard to block it out. Um, <laughs> like for bullpens, it's definitely harder. Um, but like when you do something like a live at bat or something with guys, uh, it really is like, you see everybody, obviously, like there's a ton of people. Um, but in that moment, uh, you know, it's just you, the catcher and the hitter, um, so you're trying to lock it in for that. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it doesn't really matter if people are watching, 
they're watching. If not, it's okay. I'm still just going to try to throw strikes. That's all it is. I know you mentioned the itch, right? You get halfway through the off season. How long uh, does it take for your brain to reset and just start to feel like, okay, I'm like recovering and recuperating and like a long season has gone by. How long does it take for you before you're like, okay, I want to, I want to get on a mound again. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know if there is a specific, uh, you know, time, uh, a lot of it's just, I guess it depends on the year before. Um, like two years ago I was, you know, whenever I did start to get the itch, it was a itch to, um, kind of come back to have, you know, to try to come back and have a better year than, uh, the 2022 season, um, where I struggled a good bit. And, uh, this year was kind of a, a different mindset of, you know, trying to build off the year I had last year. Um, but I don't know, it, it takes like, uh, you want to say like weeks to a couple months or something like that. It just, it just all depends. But once you get it, you know, like it, it hits you pretty quickly. You're like, all right, like, <laughs> Florida and get everything moving and stuff. So for sure. It's funny how that works. I relate. I know uh, when COVID hit, obviously, and everything shut down and I couldn't do comedy anymore. You couldn't work. And like, at first I was like, holy, I had no idea how burnt out I was. And like yeah. the first few weeks I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, <laughs> like, but then, yeah, you feel it, right? Like you, it's like a, like a fire in your belly. You're like, this thing that I love, I'm not doing. <laughs> you have the same routine throughout the season of, you know, going to the field, getting your work done. And then especially for, for me as a starter, you watch, you know, five out of the six games played in that week. And then you get your uh, one, sometimes two opportunities, depending on the week uh, to pitch, but uh, you're in such a routine for so long, you get home and you have nothing to do. So for a while, it's really nice. You know, you, you get to relax for however long you want. And then, but once that itch hits, it's, it's ready to go. You don't know what to do with yourself for a while. Yeah. I can imagine that shutdown for the first week is nice where there's not even the guilt of not doing anything. Right. You're just like, Oh, I can just relax. It's great. Okay. So uh, we've been very lucky here on the walk-off with how generous you've been with your time since literally since you got drafted, I think this is your third time coming on the show. And I know, uh, the last episode you did was in June. You'd just gotten called up to New Hampshire and you were telling us that you had, you were working on a cutter in your repertoire. You weren't feeling great about it yet, but you were definitely excited about it and starting to see some uh, return on investment, if you will, on the cutter. Um, so for everyone listening right now, I know your name's a buzz right now after the the buck bump. So we'll we'll let everyone know you're a guy who lots of spin on your ball, right? You got that slider. I guess the new term is sweeper is what you're throwing. Um, not a velo guy, more about location. So tell us why you added the cutter, what you were trying to do there with it, how you're feeling about it coming into 2024. Yeah, so... Um... The idea of it was uh, to help the fastball. Um, uh, you know, we got a lot of guys in this org that can blow some smoke through the strike zone. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I'll get my velo up every once in a while, but it's not going to be, you know, like a 99, a 98 kind of thing. So 
Um, but yeah, it was just to kind of help my other pitches, uh, have something in between the fastball and the slider, um, something, you know, the shape of it, just right in the middle of it, um, that I've learned, or I guess learned or been able to figure out how to throw it decently, decently hard and keep it just a little under the fastball. Um, and that, that was about it, just kind of something for the hitter to think about. And then for one, once that cutter's in their head they have to uh respect especially like a lefty it's they have to respect the pitch coming into them with some firmness and then uh the pitch also that's that'll be a little slower with the slider um and then for righties are you going to run out a barrel or are you going to hit it if it's a fastball so it's just kind of adding a different look uh for the hitter and uh as of right now it's it's one of my favorite pitches to throw now that's awesome man i love that uh when you're working on something and you start to really see it paying off, that's always a very uh, exciting moment, right? Are you an analytics guy, Chad? Like, like, are you a guy who like you're throwing your pitch and you're like, how many revolutions was that? Did I hit 3000 or do you care about the actual number on the spin? Is it more of a feel for you? Like I, I, I yeah. know I, I, when I say analytics, by the way, I'm, I'm speaking more the, the real nerd stuff, like the revolutions, not just information on the hitter you're facing. Yeah. So, um, I like it sometimes like, uh, bullpen probably more like in the game, I'm just going to go out there and, uh, see what's working. And then if I figure something out, then we'll just keep going with it. Uh, not too big on the numbers in game. Um, and the bullpen, it's kind of more so like, I won't ask about a lot just every once in a while, just, uh, like for, for a cutter, uh, I try to have like some, vertical yeah i'm not i'm not too good with it i just i kind of know how it works not too good with it <laughs> so carry as people say like a fastball carries so keep the the vert break on it uh with you know moving glove side so every once in a while if especially like if you throw something and it doesn't really look good to your eye uh sometimes it does look good to other eyes who you know their their eyes are sitting still watching so it's a little easier but um yeah there's a couple of pitches that I just uh will look at and just kind of see if the shape is staying true to usually how the season uh shapes are and if not like it won't it won't ch really change the way um I guess let's see how am I trying to say this it won't change really like a lot of things about the bullpen I'll just maybe try something else uh maybe if it's you know moving your wrist a little bit from here to here uh, seeing if that or like here to here, seeing if that keeps the the shape of whatever pitch I'm, you know, I'm throwing at the moment. But uh, yeah, I don't dig too deep into it, uh, but I definitely I definitely check in with it if if I can say that. Well, of course, I mean, any information you can garner is always going to be helpful. And my next question might might be a little ignorant here. Um because I want you to tell me about your curveball. I know that you had some slight adjustments on it over the last year. Uh, to to I think I'm paraphrasing here last time you talked to me and I didn't actually go watch the interview. So this is just from memory. But I think you were saying that you were spiking your curveball more. Can you explain what spiking the curveball means and what you're trying to get out of doing that? Yeah, I, it'd be a lot helpful. A lot easier to explain if I had a baseball. A baseball. On. <laughs> did not have a baseball. Um, but my original uh, curveball grip 
uh, was just, you know, the basic fingers together, wrap it around, try to, you know, get him out in front of it. Um, and then, so instead of that, I just raised the index finger a little bit if, ah. and of uh, my index finger on the ball. And it kind of keeps everything locked up to where it's just right here. Um, you know, I can still get around it every once in a while, but um, uh, yeah, just throwing a bullpen last spring training and it, you know, wasn't really feeling good. Couldn't really uh, put in the zone, just, you know, just wasn't, didn't have the feel for it. So we started spiking it and uh, using the spike curveball grip and uh, just got a little more consistent and uh, yeah, still, still using the spike curveball grip right now. And it's, it's feeling pretty good. Because your fastball and you touched on this, right? I, it sits around 92. Listen, I, I know you get it up to 95, but if we're just going to go on your average fastball, it's probably sitting right there around 92. And it always impresses me every time I talk to you because you're a guy that like you, you're unfazed by the fact you're not heavy velo, right? In a, in a time in baseball where, Rick, the amount of dudes who can rear back and hit 100 when they're in need, it's mind-blowing. Like even compared to 10 years ago, it's probably doubled, right? But that's never been your go-to, right? You're, you're uh, still leading the Blue Jays minor league system with strikeouts, by the way, the way you pitch, like you had 144 last year, which is phenomenal over one an inning. So tell me how often are you throwing? Like, how do you throw your fastball when you're, you're a guy who, who pitches from his breaking stuff. So when are you trying to throw that fastball in there and, and how are you using your fastball to help your other stuff play up? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll use it. Uh, a lot of it's to, you know, to try to get ahead in the count. Um, my mindset is kind of, you know, if they if they put the ball in play, I got a couple of guys behind me that can uh, get have the chance to to get them out. So um, a lot of it's just kind of to use it to attack. Um, and then, like uh, like we, you know, we've talked touched on the cutter a little bit. Like, um, you know, it kind of helps if we need to go. Uh, back door on a lefty hitter. Um, you know, the fast. If I miss fastball up and out to a left-handed hitter, then that opens up the cutter because if they see that fastball coming, uh, you know, up and out of the zone, just see if we can get it to a little cut in. Um, but yeah, it's just you know you attack with your fastball, and not necessarily me. I attack with usually some off speed. Um. But yeah, you know, just trying to get it to your spot, trying to see if you can stay out of the heart of the plate and uh, stay off the barrel. Well, what's great to see is is when you moved up to double A, it was still working, right? Like pitching off your breaking stuff. And normally double A is where you kind of notice if, if you're dominating with breaking stuff in high A, it's because they're not seeing a lot of it, right? So like, it's good to see you make that next jump up and still be able to dominate in the way that you were. Um we're going to take a left turn here though, and talk college baseball. Right. I want to talk college baseball because for our Canadian listeners, the main listenership we have here, um, college sports in Canada are so different, man. Like they're so different. They're, they're an afterthought. They're underfunded. And really when the best athletes in Canada are looking at colleges, they normally go South of the border and I'm curious on your experience with college sports, because in the U.S., it is such a big deal. I'd love to hear about the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, 
And I know they're not the only organization because we've had lots of guys on from Vanderbilt and many different, you know, systems and stuff where they really do feel like a family. And you're watching the alumni come back later and kind of like, you know, impart wisdom to the students and athletes then. And like it's it's a very foreign idea to us Canadians, but man, it looks so cool. Can you tell us a little bit about what college sports is like and how it's helped you in your career? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, like, like you were saying, it is, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. Um, I'll start with my days at Panola junior college. Uh, cause I had two, I had two Canadian guys on that team. Um, Juco was definitely different than my experience at Tennessee. Uh, we were in the the sticks of East Texas and didn't really have much to do. So you just kind of make your own phone, your own fun. But the uh, it's it's I mean, you spend every day with your team, your teammates, uh, even at this level now. But like in, in college, you're all fighting for the same goal. Like you're trying to win the games, but yeah, yes. But like, you're also trying to make it to professional baseball, um, but you're just with those guys every day. So it, it really is a family. Um, and then at Tennessee, it's, you know, that's when you start to get the crowd involved in the big fan base and the passionate fan base. And um, it was an insane two years of my life. I will, I'll say that the, that fan base for one, Vol Nation, it is pretty unreal. Um, very passionate about Tennessee sports as they should be. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. You know, you get in front of the big crowds that really are, you know, they're diehard fans and everybody knows how diehard fans are. You, you got to win. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. It, it kind of helps you or it helped me like, um, you know, any game that we play in front of a, you know, a decent, decently big fan base, it's kind of, it's, it's not as new to me anymore since I got the college experience. Um, so that helps. And then especially like the, the volume uh, at minor league games, um, I'm not even going to compare the fan base noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not going to, not going to compare the, the show noise to college baseball noise. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it gets loud and especially like in, when we, uh, when we were in Omaha in 21, it was, I think it was, I don't know, like 20, 15, 20, 25,000 people. It was a, it was a ton of people and, um, kind of the same thing. Like my, my, I think the, my coach Tony Vitello told me, uh, you know, get on the mound, do a spin around, acknowledge that everybody is here and then just lock in on the catcher. And uh, that's just, that's kind of, I try to do that now, especially when there's a big, you know, a, a stadium like uh, the Hartford Yard Goats who just filled with fans and loud. That's uh, a fun place to play. You know, you just kind of do a little spin, acknowledge everybody, make sure, you know, you see everybody that's in the crowd and then bam, it's ready to, you know, you don't have to pay attention to them anymore. You just, you and the catcher. Do you go back? to Tennessee every once in a while? Have you been back since you left? Yeah, yeah, I do. I didn't get to go this offseason, got a little busy. Um, so I, I made a promise to the coaches that I'd be back next year for awesome. a week or two. Also had to let my wife know in advance, a year in advance. that. <laughs> yeah, she, of course. <laughs> I, I, um, she loves it up there. She didn't go to school there, but, you know, she got to visit a whole bunch. And so uh, she loves it up there. I love it up there. So I try to go 
usually in the off season, I'll try to go at least for a week. Um, you know, I got, I have family at home, so I can't just like leave everybody. Um, but a lot of my buddies that I, I played with, we talk all the time and, you know, group messages or whatever, but some of those guys spend their whole off season up there. Um, and that's kind of going back to the college question is just, that's kind of how the, the culture is of college baseball. It's, you know, you go back there and train uh, for your season while those guys are getting pretty close to their season. And, uh, you know, you still you do things with those guys or like training, throwing, whatever it is. Um, you kind always feel like each other up. eh? There's always a place, uh, you know, for the guys who have been there. And that's uh, especially at Tennessee. I think that's um, I've, I've always thought that was really cool. Like when we were there, we had alumni coming back to to train uh so seeing those guys is for one you get to see your goal right in front of you and then two uh it's just really cool to know that you know you always have a place there so speaking of lifting each other up obviously affiliate baseball is trying to do the exact same thing right and and it it, it is um obviously no one experiences success without others helping them out from time to time and imparting experience, imparting wisdom. When you look back on your affiliate career to this point, are there some guys that kind of stand out to you that really helped uh, with like some of the heavy lifting when it comes to like the mental side of the game, or even some coaches that have pointed something out or giving you a trick that just maybe even not baseball related, but just helped with life and just dealing with pressure and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, Heck, almost every every teammate I've talked to has helped, especially on the baseball side. Um, the you know the little things, um, like I, Manoa in my bullpen today. He uh, he came up to me afterwards and he was like, "Hey, like when you're in the game and you miss your spot, whatever, don't let the hitter know. Don't like let make sure the hitter thinks you know, or make sure the hitter knows that you tried to like miss in that area." Don't let them know that you accidentally messed over there. And it's a little thing. Then now the hitter's going, um, you know, the hitter's going, oh, he's he's missing. He can't find it. He's trying to find it once he's going to come back in the zone and I'm ready for it. And it's something little like that that Manoa, you know, just noticed in my bullpen or live, whatever it was. Um, and it's, you know, something you don't even think about. You're just thinking about, oh, how was I supposed to make that pitch better? And they, you know, pe- other people see it better than you can see it on yourself. So that was something. And then, uh, you know, like in, in 22 um, in Vancouver, pitching coach Phil Kendari, who's now, uh, uh, I think, the double A pitching coach with the Phillies, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when I was kind of going through my mental state of I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to fix it. Uh, just, you know, that kind of situation. He just we didn't even talk baseball, you know, he would just find time to just chat with me and, you know, just talk through just random stuff, just, you know, just kind of hanging out. And uh, I thought that was really nice of him. I still talk to him every once in a while. And um, so, yeah, like he's been one guy that has really helped me through the, I guess, probably one of the toughest times of my mental baseball career for sure. Isn't it wild how, I mean, really, there's a mental side to everything. It doesn't really matter whether it's baseball or life or whatever it is. But it is so funny how you can get that mental block in there. Or even just something as obvious as what Manoa is saying. And it's funny because even as you said that, I'd never thought of that. 
but it, it totally makes absolute sense. Why would you give away to the hitter that you're not hitting your spots, right? Like a hundred percent, but it wouldn't even occur to me. I, I love that, man. That's so great. Um, have you ever had a prankster in your, uh, baseball career someone who maybe in the clubhouse is just really up to no good all the time uh my best i mean let's see i think i would definitely go with the bromance of tj brock and mason fluharty those guys are always together always messing with each other uh <laughs> And those two, yeah, those, it's definitely those two, those two guys, they don't really, they don't. I love that. It's not a whole, they're not out to get everyone, but they're definitely going to get each other. Yeah, for sure. Like they'll, they'll mess with everybody, but them going at each other, that's a, that's a constant multiple times a day. Those two are just always, that's always going to be on the bingo card. So I love that. Speaking of TJ Brock, uh, he was a guy that, he was telling me that, how did he describe it again? He's like, the vibes between Vancouver and New Hampshire are night and day. Did you find oh, the same thing? Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, Vancouver just sells out so much. Um, that, I mean, yeah, the, that's big thing. Um, it also helps when Vancouver goes to the playoffs two years in a row, for sure. Um, but I think I think you know just Vancouver is a is a baseball city whether people like it or not the uh, you know people in yeah. Vancouver always hop on a hop on a plane and go to Toronto or um, or even go into the states all the time so um, it's it's really cool you feel like you feel like the biggest team in multiple you know like hundreds yeah. of miles and it feel, you know that's how it feels um, but no New Hampshire was good it's just new vancouver sells out almost every night so it's hard to right. compete with okay i'm getting in trouble right now i locked my wife out give me one second buddy i'll be right back good apologies <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I'm getting knocked on the window here. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. I love hearing uh, about Vancouver because everyone, yeah, I'm. you've already talked about how the Canadians, the atmosphere at Nat Bailey and everything is incredible, but I was just double checking. I know TJ Brock was going off about vibes. So I love hearing that. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing place. Super fun to play at. Okay. So. I'm I'm probably not going to word this properly, but I am going to get this thought out, Chad, I promise. So how much time in minor league games is spent on analytics when it comes to like a pitcher and you're just trying to figure out a game plan for the hitters coming up and stuff like that versus how much time is spent on like your development and maybe a little less emphasis on the weaknesses of others, but working on getting uh, your strengths up to where they should be. Like I, because obviously winning still matters. I know that, but I mean, affiliate baseball, it is about development. What is that yeah. balance like? Hmm. The, uh, 
when I mean, at least for me, I think it's it's pretty close to about the same. Um, just because, like, I made a switch after the 2022 season um, to, like, you know, work on my weaknesses. But when I'm in the game on the mound, you know, going with my strengths. And, yeah, you know, your, if your strengths are the same as the hitter's strengths, then you just duke it out and see, you know, see who has comes out on top. And, yeah, you know, hitters are going to get their hits. Pitchers are going to get their strikeouts. Whatever. It's just, you know, if you're pitching with your weakness just because your strength is their strength, I don't know. I, I see my strengths, and I I would like to think that they're better than the hitter's strengths um, because hitting's hard. Hitting's simply put, <laughs> it's so, uh, uh, yeah, but I think in a lot of it's development. Um, but at the same time, like, if I said that my changeup was, you know, the pitch that I've been working on the most, and this guy, one of his weaknesses is changeups, I'm probably going to throw at least one just see, to see what happens. And, uh, but, but, you know, I, I think you attack with your strengths, even if it's the hitter's strengths, for sure. Unless you can find a hole where your strength is their weakness, and then it's perfect. But, uh, yeah, attack with your strengths, for sure. So hearing you say that, does that mean your changeup still a work in progress? I know that's how you described it last time we talked, a work in progress. It is. The um we we've we found another grip that has been more promising. And uh right now it's like we're we're starting to get the movement pattern and now it's just trying to figure out where the misses are and where we need to uh probably, you know, start it on certain how we're going to, you know, how we're going to pitch it. Do we want it out of the zone? Do we want it in the zone? Just trying to figure, figure out those, those holes. And, um, but yeah, yeah. Still a work in progress. It's coming though. Sooner or later, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. I love that confidence. You're like, give it time. It's coming. Yep. Um, totally, um, out of left field here, not to get too punny, but the beards, around spring training are getting a lot of attention. Is this the most bearded group you've been around? I know Don Mattingly keeps getting some big props on his beard. I know Manoa is coming uh, fully bearded. I, you know, I, I guess I didn't even really notice it until you said that, but yeah, no, it's, um, it, it, it is a big bearded group. You got JT. <laughs> I want to say Garcia has a beard right now, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can only, I'm going to hang out with David Schneider and the mustache. Yeah, you're going to, the mustache boys forever. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could, I'd probably be in the group, but they're definitely the, the most bearded group I've ever been a part of. That's for sure. Yeah. Chad, do you know when your first game is, uh, are you pitching this weekend? Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I may find out tomorrow, you know, right. we'll um, but you know, I, I threw a threw a bullpen today. Um, me and uh, Ricky T threw a bullpen today, so there. I think maybe there's a chance. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I hope. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Very cool. It, are Are you looking forward to actually facing some? I know you're doing some live BP and stuff like that, but you looking forward to some game action? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm excited to uh, to to get it going. The uh, you know, I, there's a lot of guys in the locker room that I've never played with. Um, heck, there was a lot of guys in the locker room that I hadn't even met before. So 
um it's yeah it's i'm i'm excited to get it going see see kind of how things start to uh unravel all right chad honestly man we i touched on this already you're always so generous with your time you're always so quick to come on the show we really do appreciate it uh my co-host adam I don't think you've even met him yet, but he's he was planning on joining us again today and had to pick up his daughter last minute. So he did say to say to you that he's just waiting until you're a big leaguer and then he gets a piece of that. But <laughs> his, his daughter comes way before me. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll pass that along. His daughter feels the same way. <laughs> okay, uh, my man. Uh, do you have a few more minutes for some lister questions before we wrap this up? For sure. Okay, so I know that we already touched on your cutter, but this is from Mr. Krister in our Discord. He says, you recently added the cutter to your pitching repertoire. My question is, what was your process for learning the pitch? Did you leverage videos? Was it Pitching Ninja? Have you sought advice from any current players in the Jays organizations on how to throw and prove the pitch? Yeah, so... I was originally supposed to learn a cutter my junior year of college, 2021, um, because my pitching coach's son was Brett Anderson, pitched in the MLB for a, a good amount of years, mm -hmm. um, lefty. But um, so I used his cutter grip and uh, was trying to throw it. That turned into my slider, just getting around it. Um, so I used brett anderson as the original cutter grip but that turned into a slider so kind of kind of washed everything away and then um you know it, it was kind of it was it was weird how it happened because at the end of spring training they told me you know they brought up the idea of learning one and for my first five six weeks you know my whole time in vancouver and then like a week or two in um, in New Hampshire, just like I was trying it in bullpens. I wasn't trying it in games because like it was, it just wasn't moving. So we tweaked a, you know, a couple grips, um, here and there. And then, or one week in New Hampshire, because the second week, uh, was in Portland against the Red Sox and my fastball just kind of wasn't in the zone that day as much as we would like it to. And catcher Phil Clark, uh, we had thrown a couple times in the pen and it had worked a couple of times. So we we're like, you know, all right, let's try it. Um, and that week, I, that's definitely the most cutters I've thrown in a game. Uh, I just used it as my fastball um, because it out of, out of nowhere, it just, it just worked. Um, and then, yeah. Trial just kinda, and error. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't learn it if you don't throw it. And so, um, you know, it, it's all, all it takes is reps. The changeup is taking, uh, uh, way more reps than I'd like it to, but it, you know, it just takes reps and that's what, that's with anything new. Um, but yeah, no, there's a couple of guys that I want to talk to about it. Uh, I know a couple of guys in the, in the big leagues, throw a cutter. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll get with those guys here pretty soon and kind of just see their thoughts of it when they like to use it, stuff like that. Okay, sticking with our Discord, uh, Jenny asks, uh, Hey, Chad, thank you so much for coming back on the show. People keep talking about the sweeper. I know that it's just a slider, and it's not a new pitch, but it seems new to me. What is a sweeper? 
Gotcha. So a you take a slider kind of, I, I don't even know if this is going in the right direction. A slider just kind of goes off like that, right? You know, right in between um, the sweepers in between a slider and a curveball. you know, just it, it's the same thing moving horizontally. Um, but the point of a sweeper is to hold the, the vertical break. So no, no downward angle, um, which is, it's hard to do. So you don't always get like the perfect side, um, the look of it, but the point of it is to keep the vertical break. So if I start at belt high, I want it to end belt high, just like it's, it's, it's like a slower, big cutter. If that makes sense, you know, it stays right here instead of doing that it goes all the way around. That's the goal. Love at least. Hey, <laughs> you that explained was. it better than I could have. <laughs> I don't know if that was as good as it could have been, but that was, that was as good. As it was going to get right there. That was, I was trying. And that's all we ask from you, my man, is just an effort. So we're going to wrap up with this one. This is our last listener question from Forbesy. He says, if you could steal a pitch from one player in the Jays org, what pitch would you choose and from who? Hmm. Um, let's see. I'm going to obvious, obvious answer. And then a real answer. The obvious answer is anybody that, um, throws 98 to 99. Uh, so who we got, you got a couple of guys. Um, Pearson throws flame, flame balls. Um, Mono throws hard. Just you know, I'd I'd love a, a heater that's up lines, but um, this is the most like breaking pitcher response ever. You're like, I'd love to throw some heat. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Connor Cook for his sweeper. I'd love to have that. Um, have his sweep, but I I think it's a very God, it's it's tough not to say Gosman splitter. It really is. It's I'm mean, like yeah, seeing it in incredible thing in, in, in game is really cool. And then seeing it in person and kind of hearing him talk his way through certain uh, whether he pulled it, uh, whether he, uh, you know, left it a little short arm side, glove side, all this stuff, the way he talks about it, talks his way through it and then makes the adjustment so quick with it is it is really cool. And it's one of the best pitches in baseball. So. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having that in the back pocket. Yeah, it is one of the most fun pitches to watch. When he's on, on, like, there's times where I'm like, that doesn't even seem human. Like, you shouldn't be able to to spin it like that. <laughs> Especially when you watch Pitching Ninja overlay it with his fastball, and you're like, as a hitter, like, how the hell are you? You're literally guessing. You're li Like, yeah. it looks identical. You're, you're exactly right. I I'm so happy I'm not a hitter anymore. It's... It doesn't make sense. All right, my man, let's wrap it on that. Thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate it. We had you on when you were a Vancouver Canadian. We had you on when you were a New Hampshire Fisher cat. It looks like you're probably starting the season in Buffalo next time, man. Hopefully it's yeah. when you're getting the call up to the bigs, buddy. We're rooting for you. Appreciate that. Thank you all for having me on.